Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon. Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Control Freak, this week. Good spooktober, everybody. Yes, it is our second week of the spooky month, and we're a man down this week, which sucks, but we'll power through. We'll just say he was uh, exorcist-possessed, you know? I ah, yes, yes. Um, we currently have a priest on the way, so nobody, nobody worry about that. Although I did find him off of Craigslist, so I'm not sure if that'll actually help. Eh, it works. He said he was an exorcist. Yeah. Although he also said that he needed to be in a room alone with the victim. And for some reason he showed up with a gimp suit. And no pants. Yeah, no, it was... Mm, now I'm thinking about it. Nah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um. Yeah, so what if... Okay, you know what? I'm not even going to do the what have we been playing this week, because we've both been playing fucking Destiny. Do you just want to talk about that for about 15 minutes? Only 15? I mean, we can go longer <laughs> if you no, wish. No, technically, no. The new, uh, technically, the new expansion is spooky. That is true. There is spoop in it. Um, the moon's haunted. Yep. Initially, we just had wizards from the moon. Now we have wizards and ghosts. Yup. So yeah, uh, Shadow Keep came out this no last week, right? Uh, Tuesday. I think it came out Tuesday. Last Tuesday? Yeah. That yeah, that's right. Cause we it literally came out and I hadn't pre-downloaded it yet, so that's why I couldn't play until Wednesday. Yep, and I was being judgy of you on that. That's ah, yes. why I had Continuity. a massive head start. Yeah, well, you've had a massive head start on me forever. Hey, no, so. no, because after after everything, it all reset to seven fifty. You totally you were at the same level at me as me. You have a massive head start based on the fact that you know what the fuck you're doing in that game. Apart from I'm gonna go to a place and shoot the lads. I mean, that's pretty is... much what I did for my first hour because I just needed to get random blue items to do a quick rank up on my light level. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Destiny Shadowkeep 1 released, and 2, Destiny is officially out on Steam off of the Blizzard store. We'll get to that later. Um, But yeah, it's real good. It's more Destiny, and it seems like Bungie has taken some form of control of their game and made it good. 
Yeah, they Bungie kind of got. I wouldn't necessarily say the full creative license back. Um, there are still some of the aspects that will linger from the Activision fingers and the Blizzard fingers about uh, microtransactions and real money currency. It's still there, but it's whatever. Not as it's as egregious as it was. Exactly. And it is all, once more, it is all cosmetic. There is no advantage to, you know the shiny gold armor that I'm wearing compared to the grungy gray armor this dude's wearing, if we're both at light level 900, we are equal. Yep. Um, actually, even even then, um, so I'm not sure if you've paid much attention. The total points, like if you look at a piece of armor, there's a total point value. So they went from having like... Equ- they they used to have mobility, resilience, recovery, and stuff like that, but it was always like a one, two, or three point stat. They've changed right. that entirely, so now it's an actual stat bar where it's like, yeah, you have a plus eight to mobility or and a plus eleven to resilience, and that will impart a percentage bonus based on how many points you have. So if you have forty four mobility points. You move 16% faster than base. I have not looked into any of this, so this is all news to me, and I've been playing every day for a week. (laughs) It's actually, so, and that's the thing, because they used to have, like, the the armor mods would be things like, um, one of them might be, you take, you have increased resilience, and so it would be like, oh yeah, it's a one point increase on resilience. There was no like discernible difference between the two. Good job on getting to that word. I'm proud of you. Uh, you know, I I worked through it. I brained myself. I got it. Um, but now when you look at the resilience mod, you actually see it gives a plus ten to resilience, which is literally a full tier in terms of resiliency. So you go, you right. could go from tier two to tier three. Now, some of the bonuses seem a little small because it's like each tier in mobility is 4% to your base movement speed, which can stack up pretty high if you somehow manage to hit a hundred. And with resiliency, it's a 1% shield increase per point. Uh, recovery, I think it's 3% of an increased recovery rate uh, per tier. But then you get into your actual ability cooldowns. So your grenades, your melee, your class ability, your super. I think your class and your super ability are uh, actually two separate things. Um, Your class ability actually has its own stat that is not identified anywhere. So that's weird. Huh. Yeah. Um, class ability is its own thing. And it's not portrayed in anything. So I, I don't know where... The, it Did they just forget to put it in or what? Not sure. But discipline will increase the speed of your grenade recharge. Intellect, your super and strength for your melee. Um, but now you can actually see the actual time difference between tiers 
So I'm very happy about that. That that is a nice touch. And if you want to min-max your character for like specific builds, you can genuinely focus and be like, I'm gonna make all of my ability cooldown for my grenade massive. I don't even know what the t- the uh, like a tier ten discipline would cause. I think it'd be like a twenty second cooldown for your grenade. And then you get oh, that'd be so nice. Oh yeah, well, and that's the thing. like I actually have a pistol that has a perk called Demolitionist. Kills with this weapon generate grenade energy. So I get three. Ki- I throw a grenade. I get three kills. My grenade is back. Right, and that's one thing I need to start looking into, uh, especially for what I'm going to have to do. I uh... I know it. I know those stats don't really carry over to it, but. They God, do. I just want to make. Oh, do they? Thank yes. God, I just want to make it easier on myself. So stat the stat points do affect PvP. Light level does not. Doesn't right. Um, and yeah, I'm, okay. I'm actually going. I'm I'm going to double check that right now just to be sure that I'm not crazy. Um, yeah. So it's level advantages are disabled. So light level is disabled, but the perks from weapons from... and armor stay. Okay, so I'm going to have to start looking into building my character specifically for that because my dumbass is going into the Crucible soon to try to get Thorn, and I'm really not looking forward to it. I'm I'm still disgusted by that. And that, I mean, decent segue. I know I've been blathering on and on, but that's just me and Destiny and games that I enjoy. <laughs> Um, I've done I've done for you what I do for light when I mention Metal Gear. So I'm just <laughs> I'm just sitting here in silence while you talk about the thing uh, you enjoy and I just chime in every 5 seconds going, "Uh-huh, I also like the thing, but clearly not as much <laughs> as you." So, but since we're mentioning PVP and you're talking about trying to get Thorn, this is something that I I genuinely it is probably the one thing out of everything that I dislike in destiny it's only the one thing it really is that and i can i've never had really a full enough group to do raids and i dislike the idea of spending seven hours in a pug group hopefully getting past maybe the second boss is like eh, no i'm gonna i'm gonna go instead you know learn spanish it's a better use of my time (laughs) but i've learned how to code i've learned how to hack i've gotten a job with the government like everything is more of a is a better use of my time than sitting with a bunch of randos in a lobby trying to figure out how to beat a boss exactly or knowing how to beat a boss and failing horribly that's because, the worst that's the worst one it's because like, mm, right and that's where you get into it because one person didn't understand no don't go the oh god he's dead it's like world of warcraft raids like old school raids don't stand in the don't stand in the fire. Don't stand in the fire. You're standing in the fire. Stop standing in the fire. And the raid's dead. God damn it. Actually, Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. I had a I had a buddy at work who actually mentioned to me because he's a bit he was a big WoW guy back in the day. He play he's kept playing, but he got super into WoW Classic. In the Ragnaros raid, there was a debuff. One of the bosses, I believe it's the Baron, caused called living bomb and this is not a subtle debuff 
It is not a, oh, yeah, here's a little icon in the corner of your screen. Blizzard, at one point, literally had it display on your screen, you are the bomb. <laughs> and when Somebody you got that us debuff, the bomb. pretty much, when you got that debuff, you ran. You ran as far away from the group as you could because you were going to die. And if anyone and... was near you, they were going to die. So what you're saying is you had you ran, you ran so far away? I used to, yes. But he was telling me that he had spent I think it was 9 hours in the Molten Core raid, never finished it, and during the Baron battle, they had wiped at least 3 times because one dude did not run away. And he got the debuff every time? Yes. Oh, dear God. So you have to think well, about, then... like, it's 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 factors like that where you're just like, one idiot just ruins everything. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's just life in general. One idiot generally <laughs> ruins just about anything. That is true. But we're, um... we're, we're off topic from original one. Uh, for PvP. Forced yeah. PvP... In a heavy PvE game, I understand the idea of putting PvP in something like Destiny. It 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 works. The mechanic works. Well, it's, it's fairly balanced. It's the same thing of having PvP in any other MMO. It has its place, and it has its you know, it it has people who are committed to it. Yeah, I'm gonna be straight with you. Not one of those people. Even if Destiny <laughs> is just Bungie's evolution of my favorite fucking online shooter ever. Halo? Yes. But, I, I didn't think that that was something we need to clarify for the listeners, but I suppose every episode could be somebody's first, so... Exactly. Um, but forcing PvP for exotic guns. I understand it's supposed to be a trial to get some of these things. Like it, You need to put in effort to get these things. I, I understand that, and I'm 100% behind that. But when you force your player base to get something, and it's like Thorn is a a um, nostalgic weapon as well, because it was in Destiny One, and then they finally brought it to Destiny Two. Even in Destiny One, you had to go into PvP to get it, and I I hated trying to get it then, and I'm hating getting it now because it's like every step along the way, because you were we were working at on it at the same time you could do PVE options. And this is the, this we're now at the only point where there is no PVE option to get it. You have to go into the crucible. You have to get kills hand cannon kills, kills hand cannon yeah. or void kills. But yeah, it was like you, we understand you're playing this game primarily as a PVE game. But if you want to get this one really cool weapon that you really like, and you remember you have to go to PVP. And, and it, it's I, not a, sm from what I understand, it's not a small PvP requirement either. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, get, you know, if it was like 50 kills with a, with a hand cannon, fine. Even that would take some this time. Is, right. This is 500, what, what did you say? You looked so it up and it was like 500 points. Yeah, it's 500 points. And the most points you could get per kill if you got a perfect kill, which is a 
void hand cannon headshot is three points. And chances are per match, you know, I, I haven't played Crucible in a very long time. So I don't know how long the matches go for like a standard Crucible game. But chances are you're probably not going to get above 20 kills in a game. Nah. Unless you're really good, and in which case, I don't want to play with you. Yeah, and, it, and that, not that would really have to good. be killing blows, also, because mm-hmm. technically, it'll like if you get assists, it technically says you def- you assisted in defeating this guy, so you get a point during the match for that, and it'll show on the final screen. But that's not an accurate representation of your killing blows. Well, it and that's like Overwatch. You know, you get you eliminated so and so, but. To, to eliminate somebody, literally all you have to do is put one round into their head as somebody kills them, and hey, you get the point. Yep. So, it's, uh... It, it is a pet peeve, and I wouldn't care if, like, for the Thorn one, it's like, oh yeah, you need to get 500 points in PvE, or you need to get 1,000 headshots in PvE. Uh, sorry, 500 points in PvP, or 1,000 headshots in PvE. I Which would is be no 100% small feat okay its own, with that. That's no small feat in its own right, because I, I told you I was trying to get... Uh, oh, I'm trying to complete like a gunsling, uh, one of the gunsmith bounties. Yeah. And you need precision kills for that. That bounty actually might have reset. Uh, I believe I it think did. about it. But either way, you need to get precision kills, which is just, you know, finishing blow, headshot, kills. I'm going to be stri- I'm going to be real with you. One... You did not get many percentage points for doing that per kill. And two, holy shit, it's a lot harder to when you're actually trying to kill things with headshots. Yeah. To get headshots. Yep. And and so that yeah, that that is to to pull from Simpsons. That really grinds my gears. <laughs> That was Family Guy, but all right. Was that, you're right. It was Family Guy. Didn't Simpsons have something similar to that? I, dude, Simpsons has done fucking everything. I that don't know. True. They they've predicted most things that have happened in the world at this point. But yeah, so can they just predict the apocalypse already? I, I'm pretty sure they already did that. Um, oh. So yeah, out of everything that has come from Destiny, I'm loving Shadowkeep. I enjoy the new content. I like the spoopy aspects um and i like how they have adjusted certain things that go into it um is it still a grind yeah the grind is definitely still there is it more accessible now most definitely is it worth the is it 30 bucks or is it 40 bucks for shadow keep i feel like for the deluxe edition it was 40 okay so it so. i would say it is worth it if you just want to pick that up so you get the season pass stuff and have fun with that. So season pass, I'm 50-50 on. Cause, yeah, because, I mean, it, it's a battle pass. Yeah, it, it is, it's not it is even what as, it is. Yeah, it, it's your standard, you know, Fortnite Apex-style battle pass. Um, But I will say, so here's why I'm okay with that. Now that it's in the game. Mm-hmm. Destiny, to a point, has gone free to play. Also, it's $60 for the Destiny 2 uh, Deluxe Edition, 35 for the standard. Okay. For Shadowkeep. And that's not bad at all. But here's the thing. 
And and it's twenty four ninety nine for Forsaken. Now those are the only two you have to buy. Right now, if you log on to Steam, you can open Destiny and just play. Up to the Forsaken expansion pack. Yeah. And after Shadowkeep, they're not doing these massive content patches anymore. Everything's going to be broken up into the, you know, 64-day seasons. Yeah. Or however long they are. And I'm actually enjoying this current, like, season stuff because it's the uh, season of the undying. So basically, Vex Invasion's happening on the moon. Um makes a reference to black garden it's really cool the invasion mission it's fast-paced it's a random group of six people you go through it's you know five to ten minutes you're done you get a crap ton of loot and then you can rinse and repeat if you want which i still need to do the missions to get to be able to do that yes you do i can help you with that i know you can't (laughs) But I, I can only ask you for help so many times before I feel bad, but I guess this is the point where I... See, this is the thing. I have never been able to get into an MMO before. And here's the reason. All of my friends had started playing long before me. So I'd get into the game. And basically, you know, I'd be level one. They're all, you know, rocking their level whatever the fuck characters. <laughs> I'm level 90, bro. Get on my level. And it's like, all right, Shane, we'll help you level through. Like, we'll help power level you. They helped me for one day. And it's like, oh, yeah, we got to do our dailies and stuff. And that's the thing, though. In Destiny, I can drag you on my dailies. 100% just be like, hey, I'm going to go do my dailies. I'm dragging you along. Right. And I still get stuff for helping you. Yep. If, if, even if it is only experience, but I also get the random loot drops and everything. We have gone on about Destiny for a while. Yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> but, I mean, it honestly, apart from the fact that I've been playing uh, Call of Duty Mobile this week, which actually is a decent segue into our next topic, <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Mobile's not bad for a free-to-play phone shooter. I'm actually surprised. <laughs> that I'm enjoying as much as I am, but it also is riddled with fucking pay for shit. Yeah. Which, it's free to play, so I don't want to discredit it too much for that, but still, Jesus fucking Christ. There, There is a point where it's just kind of like, okay, have we gone too far with it, though? Yeah. But and that that brings us to the new Call of Duty for consoles. Mm. So I heard a rumor, and I would like to stress that this is a rumor that I heard. But it still is an agree. It, it's still a bullshit rumor that if it's true, right? Apparently, due to the removal of the season pass and map pack content from the new Call of Duty. They will be implementing loot boxes from the start, which, to be fair, I'm pretty sure everybody called. Because it's Activision. Yeah, kinda. That being said, if it was just cosmetics in the loot boxes, I don't give two shits. (laughs) I will not, I don't have to buy those because the shit I care about I can earn in-game. 
the rumor that was a long silence uh the rumor <laughs> is that they're going to be locking weapons and weapon variants behind these loot boxes and that has me which, worried yeah because i've seen some of the weapons that came with some of the map packs mm-hmm. i I, re- I think it was uh it was either black o- i think it was black ops 2 there was a SMG locked behind one of the map packs. Hmm. That thing was a goddamn laser. And that's the shit I'm worried about is now we're going to get weird weapon variations locked behind these loot boxes. And they're going to be, it's going to essentially be, if you pay for the loot box, guess what? You have a better chance of getting a weapon. Yeah. And you, therefore, you, this you cool are better. this cool weapon. Yeah. And see, here's why I think that it's not, entirely out of the ballpark that they're doing this besides the fact that Blizzard, that Activision hasn't come out and outright said they're not doing it to my knowledge there's been no denial yeah there's only been a uh we here say that you should only believe official announcements and not rumors which is video game speak for shut the hell up and stop stop talking about like, things we haven't officially announced yet jerks yeah basically uh, there's a feature, and I know you didn't see this because you only played the gunfight beta. Yeah. Which was great. There's a fe- yeah, no, the game, I, I want to I stress this enough. The gameplay itself is phenomenal. It is exactly what you'd expect from a Call of Duty game set in the modern era. If you've played, like, Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. That being said... There is a mechanic when you die to copy the loadout of the person who killed you and use that until your next death. Which, at first, sounds really cool. Until you realize that, oh, that's straight up a system to go, that guy killed me, I want to test out what he's got, I need this gun now, I'm going to go buy a shitload of loot boxes to try to get it if it's not one of the guns you can unlock in the standard unlock tree. That's my whole thing. If you have a weapon in your game, it should be 100% unlockable by playing the game. And preferably, not locked behind thousands of hours of grinding Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> uh... No, I'm going to call... I'm going to call him straight out because Ubisoft pissed me off this week. Oh? Oh, did you not hear about Ghost Recon? What? I know they had a pay box thing going on. The whole goddamn game. You can buy skill upgrades. You can buy weapons. You can buy tattoos. (laughs) That whole game is monetized. To hell. Okay, that uh, that is pretty bad. Yeah. And just know when it, when a game offers you the ability to buy skill points with like real currency, there's a problem. You are now, (laughs) you are now telling me that your game is a waste of my time. Yeah. Unless I put money into it. That's what happened with Assassin's Creed Odyssey because they had the XP booster you could buy. I think it was like $5. And you got, like, a bonus to your XP that you earned in-game. Which is just a standard amount of XP, then? Yep. You're telling me that your game is a waste of my time. 
You're telling me that I have to pay to actually, like, I can pay to speed up my progress in this game. So you don't want me to play your game. You just want me to, I don't even know at that point. You just want me to give you money. Yeah. So why don't I just give you my credit card number? You can take $100 from it and we'll call it even. That, that's basically what it is. not do that. Well, I would also rather... Th- that's <laughs> the point. I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. At least Destiny for, you know, even if it does make us go to the Crucible, at least it's still respecting our time. Yeah. Because you have to, you know, ideally, <laughs> spending in enough time, time in the... Cru- sp- ideally, spending enough time in the Crucible to do that event and get those rewards will make you better at the crucible and therefore better at the game i ideally obviously you know it not every game does that (laughs) but yeah so that's my little rant about call of duty and it just pisses me off if it's true so it probably is i know but i i'm gonna say if it's true just to cover my own ass yeah um, but yeah, so, uh, also Blizzard and Activision, Activision Blizzard has come under some fire this week as well. So we're jumping into the news corner for a minute. Due to um, poor business decisions. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, you clearly haven't been paying attention, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, Stay off the Twitters, bl- kid. Yeah. Blizzard has banned a major Hearthstone player slash streamer. I I forget what his actual name is. I don't um, have the article up right now. It is uh Blitzchung. Yeah. That that I is presume his that's his handle. Yeah, that that that's not his actual name. That's his gamer tag. Yeah. Uh they have Banned him for a year from competitive Hearthstone, also revoking his winnings from the Hearthstone tournament that he was in. The reasoning behind their decision was he came out in support of the protesters in Hong Kong on an interview, and Blizzard has banned him, revoked his winnings, and fired the two broadcasters who were interviewing him at the same time. Yeah, and that that's now, a... That is a tricky situation because there i have no doubt there are multiple aspects that we probably don't understand but because was that a i'm wondering now if if that was like an official like hey you just played this tournament you know here's this actual like blizzard panel you just played in this tournament what can you tell us about how that was or what was going on or what was going through your head and this comes up I could kind of see the grounds for it. Especially if it was like a recent tournament that he had just played in. Um, it, it was, was it like a, that... Oh, Hey, you just won. What, what are your thoughts on the tournament? Uh, okay. So I'm, I, I have the article from Kotaku pulled up. Um, Ended a stream earlier this week with a statement of support for those engaged in months-long protests against local police and government in China. Uh, 
I am trying to find out if it was actually during a tournament. I I believe it was because he um he he was withheld prize money, so I think he was just streaming his him playing in an online tournament. See, and, and as as crappy as it sounds, I can almost get behind Blizzard. Then, kind taking away the wins, a, is, winnings is kind of harsh. Firing the broadcasters is even more harsh, but that's you know if that's a hell of a hill to die on Blizzard. Yeah, like. I, I get it, and they released their statement with, you know, the the rule inside of the tournament guidelines, um, which, uh, honestly, we'll put the articles up on the Facebook page. If you want to go read the article, go yeah. there, because we're not going to delve too much into this. It's a bit much. <laughs> it, it is. It, it's, it's a very dirty situation, and I don't want to say something about it that is incorrect. Um, so I will just refer everybody to the Kotaku article, yeah, which is up on, which I have shared to our Facebook page. So if you go over to the facebook.com slash group slash gaming casual podcast, get your read on. That's the, yeah. Read the article. Let us know what you think over there. You know, we'd be happy to discuss it over there. We just ask that you keep things civil. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but yeah, so that happened. It's a hell of a hill to die on, and it's not. It it all just feels dirty. That that's my stance on everything about it. Feels dirty. Yeah, I I can so, understand why he would like to speak out on that because I think he himself is Chinese. I I'm not gonna say yes or no. <laughs> I mean, if he is, it it would. It would speak volumes as to why it, he feels so strongly on it. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, the subreddit closed. Really? Right after this. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, people were kind of going psychotic. Eh, I, it, we could debate the politics of it all day, but that's not very casual. <laughs> True. This isn't a casual situation, though. <laughs> It's a, it's a very muddy situation, and so I opt to go back to talking casual games. Yeah, but I I felt like that was needed to be touched on. Yeah, it is it is a um, relevant and pertinent issue. As as I said, the article one you can probably find a bunch of articles about it on Twitter, but the article that I read about it from Kotaku is up on our Facebook page. So. That being said, shall we dive into our spooky topic for the week? Yeah, we can get our spoop on. Yeah. So, this actually came up last week while I was playing Blair Witch. And it was uh, Control and I talking about what actually constitutes a horror game. Like, what games are actively considered, should be considered horror um, because I think we both agreed that Blair Witch is not, while it is a, supposed to be a suspenseful thriller game. Eerie walking simulator. 
Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know if that's necessarily a horror title. It, but it has that... the creep factor, but not a... Okay, I'm on the edge of my seat because something terrible awaits in the dark and I need to do my utmost to either fight it, figure out how to defeat it, or run away from it. Right, and Blair Witch, I mean, yes, you can fight it with the flashlight, but... Or you can just walk past it, which apparently is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I found out later. Um, but by that regard, you could call Alan Wake a horror game. And I, I've never played Alan Wake, so I'm not going to say yes or no on that. It could I have be played the it. Most... It is, is it. Is it? I would actually. I would give it. I would. I would allow it to take a horror aspect. How um, many horrors out of? How many horrors out of five would you give it? I would probably put it out of three just because okay. it, there are moments where there is some degree of like, Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. The, Cause the world is very large that you get to walk through and explore and you, you do fight things off. It's not, it is not something where you are this defenseless observer who needs to run away from things. A la, Blair Witch, Outlast. You do fight some of these horrors, or you have to figure out ways to deal with these horrors that you come across. The only reason I don't give it a higher rating is with it being such an open world, you see stuff coming a mile away. Like you, You'll be walking through a portion, and you're like, something's about to happen with that. You, you, it's one of those, you can just kind of tell a thing's going to happen. Yeah, but to the same point, you can go into dead space and have that same feeling when you walk down a hall that has 18 of the I same identical vent that necromorphs have jumped out of at, at you, you know, in every room for the last 20 rooms. And that that is true. But the thing with dead space, was like, that was a... I would equate that closer to a survival horror. Right, because you have your resource management a la, like, an old-school Resident Evil game. Yeah. You you have your firearm, you have your ammo, and stuff like that. And Alan Wake did have firearm and ammo, but it was never quite as dire at some points, as you would see in the survival horror genre. Right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's the other thing. Survival horror could technically be classified as a completely different genre of horror from something like Alien Isolation or Silent Hill 2, which is atmospheric horror. Yes. And, and even... Isolation and has even, some survival horror aspects, but not at... I mean, most of it is you are living under the illusion of resistance. Exactly. And, and we touched on that last week. Like yeah. you, you can technically fight the alien. You're just gonna, it's, it's not going to go well. Yeah. As we saw in the movie, you know, where it took Ripley burning it to death with an engine. And I'm not even sure that finally killed it. I mean, it killed uh, that one. Yeah. It killed that one, <laughs> but you know, 
it took them dropping a nuke on the queen to kill her. Yep. It wasn't until it it wasn't until Alien Resurrection till we found that we found well no technically aliens they died to gun the standard drones died to gunfire I guess but there were just so goddamn many of them yeah and that was always the big th- that was the, the terrifying thing with them was like yeah you have a small army they have a small army I'd still put my money on the alien to win because one acid blood they will suicide bomb you. Or suicide bum rush, not really bomb. Two small army for the aliens is still substantial force for a third world country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those things take a beating. Yeah, well, they take a beating, and there was there was like three hundred of them. Yes, in that one room. <laughs> ah, good times. Every turret ran out of ammo, and I'm not entirely sure they didn't kill more than five because <laughs> as we've seen in the movie when the aliens get hurt they have a tendency to twitch and motion sensor turrets shoot at motion yeah good luck with that <laughs> someone is gonna come at the someone's gonna at me on twitter after this show and just excuse I me am not gonna, you are currently i'm not gonna have accurate a, about your assessment. i'm not gonna have a uh fun time on twitter after this episode <laughs> airs um, your assessment of the aliens from the movie is horribly inaccurate you're right i could just judge the aliens from colonial marines and uh, uh, yeah yeah that was a horror <laughs> game it was a horror to play see and Technically, I'd say that constitutes a different genre of horror game. The ones that are just so badly designed that it makes you gag. Yeah. Yeah, my but, my my inner gamer just cringes hearing the name. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. No, Colonial Marines was a fucking disaster. As were most of the later silent. And we could bring this up too. Silent Hill one through four. We touched on them last week. Yes. Silent Hill 1. Scary, because it controlled like Resident Evil 2. <laughs> so it was that type you mean of horror. Rolling of... a square block down a uh, round hallway? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that. Or trying to drive a Sherman tank through a hospital carefully. <laughs> but, and Sir, that, you're on that... the wheelchair. Shut up. <laughs> that That is what. Uh... You know, that's what made Silent Hill 1 scary. Yeah. Silent Hill 2, you know, they did the atmosphere, and they had the over-imposing force of a villain that was Pyramid Head that legitimately didn't care about you. Yep. He was there to kill. And I don't care if I kill kill-, kill you, or the other enemy, or whatever the hell that thing over there is. Something in but this I- room is about to die. <laughs> I don't know where I am. I don't know why I'm here. All I know is I must kill. Yep. But that that is I have no that, blood, so I'm taking yours. Yeah. That that's what made Silent Hill 2 scary was the straight up atmosphere of it. And I would classify Silent Hill 2 as a psychological horror game. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I'd probably give that 4 horrors out of 5. <laughs> I don't know why I've developed this arbitrary horror rating system, but here we are. It works. Um, you know, so I didn't actually play Silent Hill 3 or 4, so I can't speak to them as scary. 
but I do know from just from what I've heard, Silent Hill 4 was still pretty creepy. Mm. And I, then you, I, Silent I, Hill 3 inspired the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I I played the I played a bit of the first two, but I never really got into them. Right. But that was just because I never got into uh I actually never got into the Silent Hill series. Yeah, no, I I mean I I understand that. But I mean I I mean I've only played I've really only played two. Hmm. I've watched Let's Plays of one. And I can see why it was scary back in the day. But, like, now I wouldn't consider that a horror game. Right. If if that type of game... If that game released now. Um, that being said, all of the Silent Hills, pretty much after 4, tried to capture the psychological horror of 2. And didn't. <laughs> to my knowledge. A for effort, guys. Hey, they. I mean, it's not for lack of trying. There was the one that came out on the Wii that like tried to do the Until Dawn thing of giving you a. Uh, well, actually, technically, Until Dawn tried to do this thing, but they did it better. Um, of doing like the psychological evaluation. Right. But I wouldn't. I've watched Let's Plays of it. I wouldn't classify that as a scary game. Hmm. Like, it, I guess that brings up you know. Uh, the movie games, like Until Dawn, the interactive movies. That game is scary, but off of the same tropes that make a supernatural horror movie scary. Yeah. It's that constant fear of the unknown. It's like watching 13 Ghosts, but only the first uh, half of it. I've never actually seen that, so uh, really? that reference is lost on me. Oh, well, I apologize. It's honestly, not. I mean... I wouldn't say it's a B movie, but it's not something to write home about. I enjoyed watching it, and there were some I mean, pretty decent parts, but like it does a good job of kind of showcasing the horror, showcasing how little you can do against it, but that it can still be controlled. Right. Um yeah sorry weird tangent i know (laughs) no i this entire episode has been weird tangents we've pinballed around like you know pinball yeah (laughs) um i know super producer twilight brought up fnaf and you know this is one of those horror games i i'm gonna put massive quotation marks around this first off um, FNAF, like, for what the guy did for it, like, this was made, it was made by one guy. Yeah. You know? And for what, for one guy making this game, with all the lore and the depth and everything that it has, fucking bravo, my dude. Impressive shit, definitely. And the fact that you're still going with it, I'm surprised (laughs) uh that being said 
I don't consider Five Nights at Freddy's to be as horror. much of not really no. It it's because it is not an unknown. It is a stress game. It is a yeah. sh- it is a shock, awe, and stress because you're you're latched basically you're latched to a chair. You're pretty much latched to a chair, and it's like you have to defend yourself for the next uh, in game six hours. If you don't do this correctly, you will die. And the thing that's going to kill you is that really creepy wolf animatronic, fox animatronic. He's going to come screaming down that hallway and uh, stuff you into a metal suit. By the way, or really- there's metal inside that suit. Yeah, I mean, that was the entire premise of the third game was there was a dead guy inside of the suit. Yeah, super creepy. Super creepy. Yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, like I said, the creep factor of those games is through the roof. But they were also of the type of horror uh, that is designed for people on YouTube to overreact at, including myself. <laughs> I'm I'm not joking. You can go to my YouTube channel and find me trying to play the fourth one. I threw my headset. Yeah, it's it is reaction. It is reactionary shock over horror. Yes, because because it's so, like you know it's going to happen. Uh, Podcat is here to say hi. Meow. Yes. Um, she's here to alert me that we have been going for a while <laughs> we have um, feed me <laughs> she has food don't Do- give in doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like she it does <laughs> um i i forgot what we were talking about honestly where that was go where i was going with the five nights tangent so the oh, fact yeah. that it it is it is not a horror game in the purest sense of what a horror game really brings to the table, Five Nights at Freddy's does not fit the bill. No. But I will say, the jump scares, I they make my heart skip a couple beats, but I quit that, but that game just causes me undue stress, not fear. Yeah. And that that, um, is, that is the big difference between what constitutes as horror and what does not is stress what what type of stress does it induce and having the stress of the unknown is what makes a good horror game having stress of the of known factors is not horror maybe a degree of suspense depending on how it's portrayed but it's more of a shock value where it's i know it's going to happen but when you know, on a flip side of that note, though, for a game where you know what's going to happen, but when, I will say, Dead by Daylight, <laughs> that is a horror game. Yes. That also causes me undue stress. But that that is because there is a degree of unknown, especially depending on what you're dealing with, because, all right, I'm, cr- I'm crawling through this waist-high grass hoping this random-ass killer does not decide to walk in my general direction. 
Because if he does, he's going to see me and I'm going to scream and start running. Which he is technically faster than me. Not by much, but enough. (laughs) He is eventually going to catch you. Uh, If you're unlucky, he'll have control be the killer and he'll have preview voices to go along with it. Yeah. Also, Super Producer Twilight chiming in. Um, I will also say to a point, like, Dying Light. I'll call that horror because at night, you know, that's legitimately panicked fear as you run to the safe zone. Yeah. Aspects of it are horror. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Aspects of the whole game is not horror, but aspects of it certainly are. But yeah, so basically, if you want to make a good horror game, don't rely solely on jump scares. Because even though Dead Space was a lot of jump scares, that wasn't their sole... That wasn't the sole creepy factor of Dead Space. Yeah. Um, Don't rely solely on jump scares. Build a good atmosphere. And, you know... Yeah, just do that. Also, give the give the player a sense of hope, but it's not really hope. Yeah. Feigned hope in survival. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Feigned hope in survival. I like that. <laughs> that's also a great episode title. <laughs> and Glad I'm going to make help. a note of and I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> um but yeah. I would, uh, how long have we been going here? We've been going a hot minute, admittedly. But we also spent a a solid half hour on Destiny alone. Uh, (laughs) I apologize for that. Not really. Apologize? That's the whole point of this show, man. We talk about the shit that gets us, you know, heated. This is true. And oh, can I get heated? (laughs) um yeah yeah, so obviously i think that's a decent place to call it do you yeah yeah i mean we we have we've told you guys about most of the news ish topics which again if you guys want to get more we'll have on the facebook um the facebook's and yeah Again, welcome to Spooktober. Yeah. And and honestly, you know, if you want to talk about it on Twitter, happy to talk about it on Twitter as well. Um But yeah, we talked about that. Hit up the Facebook page for that article. You can find me on Twitch at set at Lord Sedge, twitch.tv slash Lord Sedge. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Gaming Casual Pod. You can find Light on Twitter at King Kegel. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Gaming Casual Podcast. Uh, all of these links will be in the episode description. Control, where can they find the things you do? You can find me on Twitch uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're going to find me there, twitch.tv slash Control Freak. Otherwise, I occasionally post up on Facebook. It has been a hot minute, but life has not been conducive to writing. 
although I've probably just been doing too much gaming. Uh, Facebook.com slash review. That's with a Z, not a TH. Because reasons. Yeah. So. Thank you guys yeah. for uh, giving us a listen. Like, comment, subscribe if that's an option. Review us on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening to us because that helps us get views. Share us with your friends to help us. Or also go over to the Podchaser, uh, podchaser.com, find the uh, alternative reality radio list. Give that list a like. Check out the other shows on that list. Uh, more than likely at the beginning and end of this episode, you have heard a promo from one of those shows or from two of those shows. And since uh, today was their day to be rated, I'm just going to give a nice little shout out here to imaginary ramblings. So go uh, to your favorite pod catcher and go check out their show. His the latest episode was on HP Lovecraft. So cool topic. Yeah. He also did uh, the week before the one before that was the call of Cthulhu R- RPG, nice. which I am super interested in. The character sheet just scares me. <laughs> it, it really does. Like I, I've gotten to a point with tabletop games where the more math that's on a character sheet, the more scared I am. <laughs> you know, that's probably reasonable, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, do the things that we said to do. And we will see you if guys you... in the next one. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot one more thing. Oh, 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 it's magic? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, November 2nd. So from airing three weeks from the airing of this episode, we are going to be doing a charity live stream for Children's Hospital uh, for Extra Life. It's going to be a 24-hour live stream from 8 a.m. Saturday the 2nd to 8 a.m. Sunday the 3rd. Who so, needs sleep? Well, you're never going to get it. Yeah, not us. Uh, so if you are interested, come hang out. Um We'll be doing some cool stuff that I'll announce as we get closer to the day. Uh, keep an eye on the Sedge Gaming Twitter. That's at Sedge underscore gaming. And this Twitter as well for more news on that. But for now, November 2nd, mark it on your calendars. It's a big day. A lot of people get together. Try to raise money for a good cause. But until next week, thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Good night. Hey everyone, it's Anton, host of the Discount Podcast. Look man, monies can suck a lot. The weekend's over, you gotta go back to work. Maybe you can't stand your coworkers, which is likely. Whatever the case may be, we can help you make your Monday just a little bit better. Check out our show, the Discount Podcast, where we talk about nonsense and anything and everything. It's always fun, it's not always politically correct, and it's just us. So tune in and let us make the start of your week not suck quite so much. Available wherever you can listen to podcasts. New episodes up every Monday. Discount Podcast, the DP. You didn't expect it, but you might like it.